Do you ever get tired of the same old boring news? Do you ever wish the news was very nearly funny? I know we did. Hi, I'm Gene Person. And I'm Greg Person. And that's why we created Anchor Persons. A news podcast. For people who hate the news. By people who hate the news. Every week, we lampoon the laughable thing that journalism has become. We make up facts about your home state. We break stories on the latest in food crime. We take two completely unrelated things and figure out how they're connected. And we keep you informed on the emotional weather. Find Anchor Persons on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or a completely different podcatcher that you prefer. Will you laugh? No. But will you be informed? Also no. Anchor Persons, the only news podcast hosted by persons. Subscribe today! We need those noises on the podcast. Yeah, all the the lip smacks. (laughs) Yeah, Tess, replace our whole theme song with that. She would. Yeah. She would. That's That's... That's a challenge she'll probably take. Welcome to Brose, the podcast for those who drink rose. My name is Matt Casnell, and joining me as they always do are my bros and rose. To my right, Mr. Rich Sweet. Hi, everyone. To my left, Mr. Sean O'Brien. Hey, everybody. And across from me, reporting live from the parking lot of the United Artists, it's Tim Hansen. It'd be a real shame if somebody tore this down to put in a car dealership. <laughs> Is that what they actually put there? Is that like a car sense at the United yeah. Artists in Fraser? Oh, it's like a Ford dealership or some bullshit like that now. There's a big United Artists on uh, on Route 30 in in uh, the Fraser area that we used to go to uh, fairly frequently in the old Exton days. It's where and I saw the first Pokemon movie. It's where I first saw the, the Dark Knight for the first time. I was like, the last midnight showing I ever went to was the Dark Knight at the United Artists. I think the last movie I saw there was probably King Kong. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Maybe King Kong? Oh, like the Jack Black King Kong? Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> that might have been the last movie I saw there. Yeah, yeah. I think the the last movie I seen in theaters is still Sonic the Hedgehog with, with the three of you, uh, right before something happened. Uh, so one yep. of one of these days, I, I, I saw Shang Chi. Oh, Shang Chi. Okay. Yep. How was Shang Chi? It's really good. Is it? I've heard really it. I've heard really good. It maybe like pacing is a little off, so it's maybe like it feels like fifteen twenty minutes too long. But besides that, it's really good. All right. All right. Movie reviews with Rich Sweeten. Mm-hmm. Is it better than King Kong 2005? Yes. <laughs> okay. It's not a very high bar to cross. No, no, no. <laughs> Welcome to the award-winning Brose podcast. Available as always on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. You know what? You know where to get the damn show. It's you're everywhere. Here. It's a pie. You're already here. It's this podcast, man. It's, you t- turn on your phone or your iPod and you click it and then like, ha ha, jokes. Uh, the premise of our show is to answer questions from you. The audience about life, the universe, and everything. And we do it while enjoying a crisp, delicious glass of wine. And if you have a question you'd like us to answer on the air, you want to email it to brosequestions at gmail.com. That's brosequestions at gmail.com. But before we get to those questions, we got to discuss the wines that we are drinking. Rich Sweet, and I want to start with you. What are you drinking today? I am drinking Amore in Rosa. 
It is a uh, light pink uh, rosé from, uh, uh, I don't even know where it's from, uh, but it's fine. It's it's not it's not my cup of tea or cup of rosé that I would prefer, but it's fine. What is it? Why is it not your cup of rosé? It's it's not. I, I I very much prefer sweet wines, and this one just is. It's it's like a little too dry for me, and it does leave a little bit of a unsavory mouthfeel. I don't I don't know how to explain. Maybe that's mm-hmm. the tannins. I don't know. I'm trying to get back to. 20 to 30 episode yeah. area. Of Whole mouthfeel. Yeah. <laughs> Start working that in. Got good legs. Yeah. <laughs> good legs. Uh, Sean, does your wine have good legs? I'm not sure. Because uh, it's in a... We have a opaque wine glasses, so it's oh, hard yeah. to see. That's true, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we can't, can't really actually see how it looks in the glass. Uh, I'm drinking the pale. Uh, and the, the tasting notes are, Welcome to the soiree, where everyone's drink of choice is a deliciously dry rosé that makes all others pale in comparison. Um, and it is uh, it is pretty dry, and it's it's nice. I think it would be better if it were chilled. You know, I picked this up right before I got here, so it's room temperature. But if it were chilled, I think this would be like an ideal kind of... It would be up there with altered dimensions and best rosés I've had this year. Ooh. Hmm. Tim Hansen, what are you drinking today? Uh, I have now opened a new can. I am drinking from the 14 Hands Winery Unicorn Rose Bubbles. It is a limited release in a funny looking can. Uh, I don't think there are any tasting notes. The tasting note is from Washington, from Washington with love, pairs well with pool parties. Oh, all right. Uh, it's pretty good. It's not. It's not overly dry, but it's not overly sweet. It's uh. It's very wet. It's it's got a wet mouthfeel. I, I, I can't see what legs it's got wet. because it's wet. It's, it's wet. It's wet. When we when we describe it's the liquids as wet. Yeah, this this liquid is wet. Josh is very wet. Yeah, <laughs> wet. His mouth is moist because of the wetness. <laughs> it, it actually tastes very similar to Josh. Uh, if Josh was bubbly. Mm. That's probably a pretty close comparison. So I'm drinking a Casnell Winemakers Blend, which means that I had a little bit left in my bottle of Hesketh uh, from the Rhinestone Coast. Limestone Coast, not the Rhinestone Coast. And uh, <laughs> and and uh, and I had a little bit left of the Shorehouse Rosé from Tomasello Winery. So I put them together and shook them up in a bottle and I poured it in my glass. And it turned out really sweet, uh, which was not something I was expecting. Uh, because these were both kind of semi-dry rosés, uh, if I remember correctly. But the uh, but it turned out to be relatively sweet, which is surprising. And I and I like it. I'm not really normally a sweet wine guy. I'm the, sort of the opposite of rich uh, for rosés in that respect. But I actually like this one quite a good deal. So another fantastic job by me uh, <laughs> on this on this winemaker's blend. Uh, now, Sean, you have our second round of questions in your hand, correct? I do indeed. And again, brosequestions at gmail.com if you want your question answered on the air but sean what is our first question our first question submitted by gene person hell yeah did you guys hear about this and there's a link Mm -hmm. to uh new napa winery launches bubbly rosé in penis shaped bottle of course yeah Uh, they they actually promoted it they promoted it on their show uh two weeks ago i even Mm -hmm. sent you guys the link after they promoted Mm -hmm. it it's called Mm -hmm. just the tipsy yeah just the tipsy I thought about buying it, but it is 
expensive. It is? It's like 40 bucks, I think, with shipping. Deal. Or something like that. That's a lot. That's a lot for a bit. From this post, this is... (laughs) Yeah. There's usually a cap on, like, gag gifts I'd be willing to get somebody, and it's like... Like, usually when it's, like, a custom jersey with a funny name on the back, but it's, like, $150, I'm like, look, it's not that funny. (laughs) Uh, From this article, which comes from the website foodbeast.com, the second graph... Uh, quote, it all started when Just the Tipsy CEO Matthew Shore and a few friends laughed over the sheer amount of penis-themed party supplies involved in their wives' bachelorette trips. Um, yeah, so uh, so he decided to create a phallic bottle of rosé to go with it. Uh, no, I had not heard of this, in spite of the fact that Rich sent it in our group chat. Uh, <laughs> I was clearly not paying attention. But, uh, boy, he... <laughs> He labored for over 18 months, mastering all the nuances of a penis to create this bottle. The jokes really write themselves on this one, folks. Uh, it's a 12 and a half alcohol bro volume bottle of rosé. Uh, guys, would you drink a bottle of Just the Tipsy? Of course. I, yeah. I definitely would. If I it weren't $33, it's, it's, the base is $33. Yeah. And that's too much money. It's on sale right now. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah I was yeah. going to say, that's with a like 5% or 10% discount. Yeah, on it. it's not... Um, I would still get that as a gift for you guys because I think it's not just the fact that it looks like a dick because we would actually <laughs> drink it. Like that's yeah. the thing. He's like, if it was just, if you were getting it for somebody who didn't give a shit about wine, uh, but it would be like, Oh, it's dick. And like you buy yeah. it for him. Then no, it's a waste of money. Yeah. 33 bucks. Like, you know, maybe that's the whole Christmas gift that year. Yeah. 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 Like, uh, that, that's like that, that takes up everything. Cause it's like, yeah. Oh, it's funny. Cause it looks like a dick, but also you could still drink yeah. the wine. Like, like if, if there is, an occasion where Tim, you come back up for the the week f to record or whatever. Like maybe if we can plan it out enough, I might buy it and we all have a glass. But that's I wouldn't buy it as my brose no full drinking no. glass. Like, no, because I, I, I no 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 yeah I, I'm not bringing this to the yeah. the episode. It's like I, I just bought this because I wanted it. Yeah, yeah, I Matt Casnell need the penis bottle uh, in my house. <laughs> mm-hmm. So. Uh, Tim, I just want your Sorry, general I'm fil- commentary. I'm, f- I'm filling out my card information. He's buying it. Oh, okay. I'm buying it. It's <laughs> <is> hilarious. <laughs> I'm absolutely yeah. buying this. Tim's is going to cost seventy dollars because it's going to be thirty five dollars in expedited shipping, so he can get it by Monday. Yeah. <laughs> uh, shipping's shipping's ten bucks. There you Ooh, go. very nice. All right, we want full review. Uh, the next time, the ne- mm-hmm. when, when as soon as you drink it, which will be as soon as you get it. Let's be honest. Pretty much. Yeah. I may also buy one as a wedding present for uh, the wedding I'm going to next weekend. Ooh, nice. Thanks, Gene, <laughs> for the... Uh, thanks, Gene Person uh, of the Anchor Person's podcast for the heads up yeah. on the uh, on the dick wine. On the Just the Tipsy. On Just Rose. the Tipsy. Just the Tipsy. What's next, Sean? Are you comfortable with intimacy? Um, hmm. Yes. <laughs> I don't know if I'm necessarily <laughs> great at it, but Sure. I don't know. What about you guys? Comfortable with intimacy? Uh, no. I think I get... It, it makes me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I feel the need to make jokes mm-hmm. <laughs> when it, when things get too real. Okay. Um, so intimacy, is this... So this I guess is, we've got is, some parameters on intimacy. Here. I'm talking emotional intimacy. Okay. Mm. Uh, physical, intim- physical intimacy, too, honestly, is, is kind of rough for me sometimes because mm-hmm. I have to be in the right headspace. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really depends. But I, but more emotional intimacy it makes me uncomfortable, and mm-hmm. I, it's it's something that Mary and I actively work on. Okay. Because like 
you re- you need that in a marriage. Like you have you don't you don't necessarily have to be comfortable with it, but you have to be open to it and uh and you have to practice it. So mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I th- I think emotional intimacy might also be harder for me as well. Mm-hmm. I think uh the physical like yeah, we, we whether I'm telling what I really feel to a friend or to a family member or to my wife or something like that, like I you know, I'll, you heard it when when Tim left, I was like like trying to like say how much I appreciate his friendship and I'm like <laughs> dicks like every other <laughs> every like 30 words just to like break up the monotony of it. But I, I also think like with my intimacy, like when it comes to emotional intimacy, it is like a cork and yeah, the way I picture it is like there's all this emotional intimacy right here in this bottle, and like I can let a little bit of that, a little bit of that. But once the cork is off, I just keep going. Mm-hmm. Like once I've got the first like genuine, non you know, cut with humor, like emotionally intimate comment, it just keeps going. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, well, since I'm here, I may as well also say this, this, and this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's it's sort of once that barrier is broken, all bets are off. What yeah, about you, Rich? It, I I mean I'm I'm kind of in the same boat like. It, it, it's it's hard for me to like be comfortable like be comfortable like with emotional intimacy in general i i never told my parents i love them up until like maybe i was 25 to, between 25 and 30 like i just never said it and like even with friends and, and ever, like i just never been comfortable expressing like my emotions and 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 just letting people truly know how i feel about them it's it's just something I've just always held in and always been told when I was younger at least like don't let your feelings be known and then that's just how I was for a good portion of my life and so when it comes to emotional intimacy I'm like I'm starting to open up and make sure to tell my friends I love you guys but I try like it tends to only be when we're on this podcast which is just like kind of when it comes up but it's like it's it's just it's hard it is very hard for me to be in a comfortable enough state to express and be sappy of how much i love my friends and or family mm-hmm. tim hansen how easy for is it for you to be intimate um i mean on the the, the positive sides of it uh i'm usually decent with it. it it's always it's almost always tinged with like that sense of humor and cracking jokes as you guys have already said um but i think i'm usually pretty good of just like being open with like i love you man you guys are amazing props like all those things i'm usually pretty good with i'm less good with kind of like the exposing of anything deeper than that um and then one of the one of the issues is martha is also very similar in that like cracking jokes and stuff like that uh being uncomfortable with some of the harder conversations or like when things are getting i'm not good at opening up about sad things Hmm. or like not entirely positive things uh and sometimes in slowly starting to do that if a joke is cracked i go right back into my fucking shell Hmm. (laughs) Uh, so that makes it somewhat difficult as well. Is the cracking jokes? Th- I mean, you mentioned that your wife does it, but the cracking jokes thing seems to me as something like decidedly male, like the, the the to to like joke about like when you're when you're trying to be intimate, like that's almost like the shield because that is like the stereotypical masculine roles. Like you're not supposed to be intimate, you're not mm-hmm. supposed to reveal your feelings, mm-hmm. and the the cracking jokes thing is sort of a guise for it. Like oh, I love you, man, <laughs> but it, I really do. It's it's <laughs> It's unfortunate because it's how we were raised 
through media most of like our generation we were raised through watching tv and being like oh guys aren't supposed to say this stuff they're not supposed they're not supposed to tell people that they love each other they're supposed to be mean to each other and and boys will be boys type of stuff that it's like yeah we we are uncomfortable with emotions but we're also in that generation of we're not uncomfortable we're trying to not be uncomfortable with our emotions and express to the younger generations live into your emotions mm-hmm. like I don't entirely agree with that point. I think a lot of the, the media that we grew up with is actually the transition of that thought process. So that's kind of where we're stuck between the like, yeah, we're going to bust balls, but also like, I, I love you, man. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I think we're in like that weird transition of the old guard to the more emotionally available, which is kind of why we are the way we are, mm-hmm. which is a little more emotionally open than mm-hmm. some friend groups has discussed in the last episode and it's not just media too though but, uh, like you might get you might get like the the more uh lovey-dovey more emotionally open media in our generation but you also get it from your folks you get yeah. it from your parents like if your family's not like that or if you're if you're your male you know father figure or what have you is is a little more emotionally guarded then you're likely going to be more emotionally guarded too until you're presented with something that you know, says that you can be otherwise mm-hmm. yeah. until you go yeah. to therapy. But, until you yeah. go to therapy, and you're like, "Yo, dude, there's there's a reason most Talk millennials are in therapy right now." That's that's a generalized yeah. statement, but mm-hmm. it's probably for the most part true. I think. I don't know. Trying to go to therapy, where we'd like to, we probably could use it. Oh, <laughs> honestly, not just the millennials. Like most people, could use it, even if you're not mm-hmm. like just wrestling with the demons in your head on a daily basis. Like it, it, it's just nice. It's yeah. nice to have where it's just like you have an objective third party that you can just be like, this hour's for me. Mm-hmm. This hour's for me and me alone. And it's just going to be me unloading or me working through yeah. something. Like yeah. it, can, it can work on a lot of levels. Yeah, you yeah. just talk Every, yourself Everybody's got some shit they need to unpack. Exactly. I was like to point out that uh, it does say a lot about the four of us that the question about emotional intimacy ended with therapy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's what it is. I that was That was legitimately a thing I talked to my therapist about was yeah. like, I I try to be you know um, um, emotionally vulnerable, and I aspire to that, but I don't I don't practice what I preach. Like I tell Jake to be that way, mm-hmm. and I, I mean Alice is only two, so she doesn't really know. But like I I aspire to that, and I don't I haven't achieved it yet. Mm-hmm. I'm still like I still have that mm-hmm. that what if. The per- what if the person doesn't receive it well? Yeah, because you yeah. still have, like, the years of, like, calcified guidelines where you're just like, this is just the way I've always behaved throughout my life. And it does take a lot of work and, and you know, in, in your case, therapy as well to, like, break that down. Because it's like almost for Jake, because uh, Jake is, as we've discussed in the show, anywhere between 11 and 19 years old. <laughs> he's got a lot of life ahead of him and he's still forming as a person. It's It almost might be easier for him to, you know, because he's starting from a foundation. And like you're sort of like working off like the way you've behaved for mm-hmm. 32 years. Yeah. So, um, anyway, I'm not psychoanalyze my buddy here, but uh, <laughs> what, what do we got next? Uh, how are you doing with COVID precautions? On a scale of one to 10, how would you rate your adherence to safety precautions? I invite you all to listen to uh, last session's take uh, for, our, <laughs> for our thoughts on that. Uh, so, the new safety precautions for COVID. Been hard, man. It's a bummer. I, I, We'll put myself at like an eight. Um, indoors, mask is always on. In crowds, 
it's not always on if I'm outside. Like, it's depending on how crowded it is. Like, mm. if I can have a good six or more feet between people, then I probably won't have it on. But if I'm walking through a crowd, it, it goes on and it stays on until I get out of the crowd. Um, but sometimes it's just like, I, like it's weird. I, I read the room of who I'm with. So, like, I was... I went to Wolfstock today and I was with my parents and my parents weren't wearing a mask. So I was just like doing my best to dodge and dive between people instead of throwing on the mask. Cause if for me, I just, I don't know. I don't want to be, I don't know. For some reason, I just don't put the mask on. If the people I'm with aren't wearing a mask, it makes me feel more comfortable wearing a mask. If the people I'm with are wearing it. Hmm. And if I'm the only one wearing it, I just kind of feel silly for some reason. I, I don't know why I can't explain it. But, like, when I was on my trip, anytime I was at any of the stadiums by myself, mask was on when I was in crowds right away. Mm-hmm. Tim, how would you rate your adherence? Uh, first of all, general thoughts on the, the COVID rules now and uh, your your rating on how well you're adhering to them. I mean, is there anything new about the current rules? I mean, nothing, I mean not new in the last, like, three or four weeks i would say right like no, i think i'd say it all changed seemed like mid-august yeah and i think that was just them saying it was the cdc saying whether you're vaccinated or not you should wear a mask indoors uh, i was already uh, wearing my mask indoors yeah. anyway because i don't trust fucking people mm-hmm. uh which i think we've already discussed at some point uh so i'd probably still i'd probably say like an eight mm. if i'm indoors regardless of who i'm with or where i'm going my mask is on uh really the only time it's not is if i'm outside and that's kind of where i give myself an eight is uh trying to gauge how far people are away Mm -hmm. or just staying away from crowds yeah Mm -hmm. because uh there's a lot more people outside down here Mm -hmm. so balmy weather yeah, it's real nice. Yeah. But uh like went out to a band last night and uh there's quite a few people outside. Mm-hmm. But we were outside, so I wasn't that worried about it. And I was also like on the outskirts of everything. So I, mm-hmm. if anything, I was like, I'm just going to face out away from everyone. Mm. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I'd probably say an eight. Mm. I'm hovering around an eight myself. I would li- I'd, be, I'd like to be optimistic and be like, I'm at a nine. But like... Yeah, you know, we've done stuff like, you know, Tim, Tim, you and your wife had a going away party a couple weeks ago. Uh, and look, we were all in there and like some of us were wearing masks, some of us were not. We're all vaccinated. Um, frankly, probably would have been a good idea if I wore a mask. But I also look, it's not because I don't trust y'all because I do trust y'all. Mm-hmm. It's just sort of yeah. the nature General of the beast safety. at this point. Yeah, this is the nature of the beast. That was the I've, I've talked with my brother about this a few times because he he's, uh, you know, he. he you know, we, we bounce ideas off each other about this. He's like, what do you think? You know, what are you doing? Because he, he lives out in Cincinnati. Very different mm-hmm. uh, approach to COVID in the in the Rust Belt, Midwest kind of area than, than where we are in the Northeast. And at this point, it's sort of just a personal risk assessment because the, the, if you, the most, for the most part, there are exceptions, but for the most part, if you want the COVID vaccine, you have access to it at this point. Uh, if you don't want to get the vaccine... The, the the biggest the biggest risk group at that point is still is not the people who don't who have access to the vaccine and don't it's the people who cannot get the vaccine because they're either immunocompromised or or you know just some other unfortunate set of circumstances uh, at which point not to sound like a dick 
you may want to make some adjustments to the way they're living their life as well. Like if you know you're immunocompromised, like you also you're also there's also some responsibility on your part to adjust the way you are living uh, in order to not, you know, go to a ball game necessarily. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it doesn't mean don't go to the grocery store. Yeah. So you but try but, to mitigate your risks. Exactly. Yeah. So I think it's it's less about I'm gonna go out there because fuck everyone and I do whatever I want, but it's just at this point it's just what is worth the risk to you? Mm-hmm. What activities are worth doing this for? Uh, is it worth going it to a sporting event? Is it worth going to a concert? Uh, you know, that could be 50-50. Is it worth going to a, a family event of some sort? Maybe you're more likely to do that. But it's it's all personal risk assessment at this point, in my opinion. But I, you know, I could be wrong on that. What do you, what do you think? What I do think is interesting about some of the conversations I've had about it since moving down here mm-hmm. is I... There are definitely a few people who are like not huge fans of the COVID vaccine and this, that, and the other thing. But it's hilarious because all of them have it. Mm-hmm. So like they complain about it and mm-hmm. how it's being handled. And I was like, oh, like, so you didn't get it? Oh no, I got it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm very confused. <laughs> and the only person who didn't is currently in critical condition, or at least from work, is currently in critical Yikes. condition and has been for the last two weeks. So yeah. we'll hope for the we'll best. See how that, that goes. Person. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, yeah I, I do think there's an element of like, well, my yeah, I I want to object to this. Like, I want to say that I'm, you know, mm-hmm. I, I'm objecting to this because I want to be the the moral, you know, I, I want to be the dissenter. I want to be in that group, but like, you know, it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Like you or, or you know, you're required to for work or whatever, but. Um, Sean, how would you rate your? Oh, go ahead, Sean. Go ahead, Tim. I was just gonna say that no one at our work is required to, mm-hmm. uh, and everyone I've talked to is just like they. It's, I don't understand the argument, mm-hmm. at all. Like they're not saying they have a moral obligation against it. They're just mm-hmm. like, I don't think it's good, or blah blah blah. I don't mm-hmm. even think it's gonna do anything. I'm like, then why'd you get it? Yeah. There's well, there no like, reason not to. There's definitely like, okay, people who that's like awesome. they just want to look like they are riding both sides of the fence. Like they, they want to look like the, I can see both sides person. Uh, even when they're, they know that the right thing to do is to just get the damn shot. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Sean, what are your thoughts and how would you rate your adherence to these rules? Um, I would say I'm hovering at like a six or a seven with the caveat that I think most people are like a two or a three. Okay. Um, you know, when I go into Wawa, I'll wear a mask. I used to wear a mask whenever I was um, going through drive-thrus, and I've stopped doing that for the most part. Mm. But not not for any real reason, just because it's like, oh, I forgot my mask, whatever. And I just think I think I'm I think I'm kind of burnt out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, but I I definitely try to wear a mask in, especially in establishments where the the people who are working are wearing masks, because I think that's only appropriate yeah. you know if they're going through mm-hmm. the steps to do that i think you should too like every wawa i always throw my mask on when i go into wawa but like i've noticed like i've got like outside i don't wear masks yeah i went to a party at my family's with with a family i went to a family party the other day and i didn't wear a mask because most people were vaccinated and it was mostly outside so i was like i should be okay mm-hmm. so like I I don't think I, I'm definitely I've like become more lax, but uh, it's just I yeah I think I'm just burnt out. I'm like mm-hmm. it's it's so much. Yeah. Well, it sucks because like you 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 and your your wife and and now your your son are all vaccinated. You've all 
you know, in, in quotes, like done the right stuff. You've done, you follow the rules. You've done all the right things. It's like, we're still doing this shit. Yeah. Like, yeah, it sucks Years later. It sucks. Like, you know, I, I'm in much the same boat. We're like, you know, if I, at the grocery store, it's masks on. Uh, my wife and I went out to lunch earlier today, uh, but we picked a place that was outside. But when we had to go inside to get our seat for the hostess table, we had our masks on. The moment we got to our table outside, masks off. We're outside. Like, yeah. You know, the servers outside were not wearing masks. So we're like, all right, outside, not wearing masks. Football, don't wear a mask. Uh, Wawa, mask. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wawa's mask, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely, it's, it's definitely like pandemic exhaustion at this point for a lot of us Mm -hmm. like we've like you said we've done everything right like all of us like any any time i had a scare in my family of a potential covid release to everyone it wasn't my fault it was somebody else's in the family it's like i've done everything right and i'm still we're still going through this and i'm sitting here with my like like praying and begging that boosters get approved for medical workers for Jenna because she's had hers so long ago that she might not be inoculated. That's a big thing. Like we're, we're recording here in our house and right now the three the three of us that are here in my in my office are not wearing masks. When we're outside of the office, we're wearing masks. Yeah. My wife got her vaccine uh, first shot at the end of December, second shot in January. And, you know, this, the, the reliable... The reliable data that's available is indicating six to eight months of efe- of efficacy mm-hmm. for these vaccines. So we're like right at the tail yeah. end of that. Yeah, uh, which is a which sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I got my second shot mid April, and so like we're October is six months. Like mm-hmm. we're 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 getting to the end of a lot of people who got the shots early. Like definitely medical workers, but a lot of other people who got the shots by April, like elderly and immunocompromised. Yeah. Which they just got approved for both Pfizer and Moderna for boosters. And like, I, I said this in the past, like the, their booster is going to just be rolled into the flu shot. And I'm hoping that when they approve boosters for those of like, for my age range and everything that it's just like, all right, let's go get my flu shot and booster right there, get it all done. And then I'm done. And then, and then that's it. Hmm. The holidays are going to be rough again. Yeah. That's just, that's going to be a challenging cuz I, I it's going to be interesting at least yeah. because you know it, if if things have not cleared up mm-hmm. there's no not a lot of outdoor options on December 25th in no. the northeast. And it's it's even No, like, that's why you got to come to North Carolina. Yeah. North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> My mother would actually assassinate me <laughs> if not only did i not go to the family gathering but i drove like nine states away <laughs> uh and who said she wasn't invited true true and, all right i'll let her know and, and that's we're all going to timmy's Ten- to party baby it's not quite tennessee but it's close <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh any other thoughts on the COVID stuff it's i i could probably sanitize my hands more often and maybe wash my hands better but that's mm-hmm. Well, I, yeah, and I, I, I know where you're, where you're coming from, Rich, when you're like in a, I went to a funeral recently mm-hmm. in Philly and nobody was wearing a mask and we were mm-hmm. all inside right next to each other. And like I, Mary and I wore our masks because, you know, we're responsible people, uh, yeah. but like nobody else was. And it's so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You're just like, it's, it's like, sh- basically it feels like you're shining a spotlight on yourself mm-hmm. and like it seems a little bit preachy. Yeah. Like you're like, look at me. Yeah. You're not, not trying to be performative <laughs> about this. Yeah. Like, this is just, this is my comfort level. Here, yeah. Which especially, is, 
especially at a funeral, like you feel like you're making it look like you're making a statement being the only one wearing a mask. But like for me, indoors at a funeral, in a funeral home, I'd still be wearing a mask no matter what. I don't feel uncomfortable wearing a mask indoors, but I'm and I'm the only one. Yeah. It's outdoors in a crowd that I'm just a little. Oh, that person's wearing a mask. That person's wearing a mask. The people I'm with are wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. I'll throw mine on. People I'm with aren't. I I should wear it, but like because my mom, she's got one and a third lung she's I, I don't really know what's going on with her cancer but like she's still very much compromised for this virus even with the vaccine and she doesn't wear a mask when she's out in crowds and stuff like she probably still should yeah so i'll say like you can take you can you can care for people but you cannot take care of people yeah like there's only a limit there uh what do we got next sean subject Sometimes when I'm driving into PA, I pass a small furry horse. Question, what's the best animal you've ever driven past on a road trip? From Charlie Brown. Oh, the best animal I've ever driven past on a road trip. Hmm. Man, if if any of us had like driven past a cryptid, this question would be so awesome. <laughs> it would be so cool. Yeah. I saw the Mothman. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I drove by nematodes. <laughs> drove past a kaiju. It's like, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Destroyer was there. Saw a pack of chupacabras. It was crazy. <laughs> God. He's like, okay, great. You had your fun on your trip. You saw Mothra. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Speaking of moths, uh, when I was younger, we went and visited the, the Poconos in the spring. And there were some huge moth nests, like bigger than me. Like, and I was like 10 to 12 ish. And like, these things were huge. And that, that to me, I was like, it wasn't the animal itself. It was just how big these nests were out, out there that I was just like, wow, that's fascinating. That's very interesting. Mm-hmm. But for me, the most, uh, what was it? The most interesting animal you've ever driven interesting, past. Um, as dumb as this sounds, it's, it's nostalgia factor. It's cows because when we were younger, my dad told me of a game that they used to play on road trips where you can't the, count the cows on each side. So one person gets one side, another person gets another, and you count the cows, and whoever has more cows win. But if you drive across, if there's a cemetery on your side, your cows died and you ran out of cows. So it's just like... That's a pretty me, interesting game. It is. And so for me, it's always like, find the cows. Find the cows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're like doing the uh, the no whammies thing, but like no graveyards, no graveyards, no graveyards. <laughs> Stop! <laughs> you gotta go around. No, no. Yeah, yeah. Turn left right now. <laughs> Why did it take you seven hours to go from Philly to Harrisburg? Well, fucking graveyards. <laughs> uh, Tim, what's the most interesting animal you've ever driven past? Um, definitely not gonna say cows because that just reminds mm. me of my one ex girlfriend who would like shriek <laughs> at the top of her lungs. <laughs> Uh, every every time she fucking saw a cow. Uh, I, 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 I think know exactly. I went where your head went when Sean you first said, said it. You might do my ex-girlfriend, a cow. Hey-o. Oh, you yeah. leave Kristen out of it. Um, damn, that was rude. Sorry. Um, no, no, no. Uh, she's, she's a very small person. Definitely not a cow. Um... Uh, I guess this is going to be a little cheating because we've done, I get, uh, it was six flags or somebody had like the drive through safari mm-hmm. thing oh. at one point. So, uh, baboons, 
You know what? I'll allow that and not a safari from when you went to Africa. Yeah. Which I love that not your what? your choice was a Six Flags safari and not an African actual safari. Mm-hmm. Well, it's because I figured that would be really cheating. <laughs> I saw the first cheetah. <laughs> that was ever... Uh, saw the first one. Second one snuck up behind me and ripped yeah. my throat <laughs> out. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. I mean, we could. I could do the the animal kingdom one, but I didn't. I wasn't driving the vehicle. Uh, boy, it can't possibly just be a cow. <laughs> Maybe horses. We drove past wild horses uh, in North Carolina back back then because they have a bunch of wild horses down there at the Outer Banks. So. Could go with wild horses. Mm. I, I have a horse story. Driving by a horse once. Okay. <laughs> uh, we're driving through Lancaster, Amish country, um, and uh, my mom is just like, "Kids, don't look out the right window." Naturally, we all look out the right window, and we see a horse were with they a. Getting it on? We we see a horse with a quote fifth leg. <laughs> uh, so maybe that's the most interesting animal I've seen. <laughs> The horse getting it on on the side of the no, road? No, he wasn't getting it on. He just had a, quote, oh, fifth oh, leg. He was just ready to go. He was just uh, ready to okay. go. The, the horse who was ready to get it on. Yeah. All yeah. right. Okay. All right. That's it. Just big dick horse. <laughs> <laughs> big old dick horse. <laughs> big dick horse energy. Uh, Sean, did you get one? Uh, no, I haven't. Um, when we went to uh, Bush Gardens, we drove past a bunch of Clydesdales, and those mm. are like mm. giant horses. Yeah. So yeah. that was pretty cool. Yeah. They're big, furry giant horses. Yeah. That's pretty sick. Dude. Yeah, Clydesdales from the Bud Light commercials or the Budweiser yeah. commercials. Hell yeah. Pulling, pull, pulling that freight. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen a Clydesdale Putting in work. Life. Yeah. If if you if you go to Bush Gardens, they actually have some Clydesdales in like Bush Gardens, Virginia. They have some in the actual. Yeah, they're and they're uh, super big. They're they're beautiful. Uh, what is next, Sean? What do you hope your coworkers say about you at your retirement party? Man, new is way around a PowerPoint slideshow. Let oh, me tell you, man, this <laughs> guy Fuck knew yeah. friggin' Excel like it was the back of his hand. Yeah, I would just like them to show up. Oh, buddy! Wow! Oh, jeez! Oh, <laughs> a devastating story. Tim uh, had a going away thing at a bar after uh, his last day on the job in PA, and uh, dude, no dude got ghosted. Up. Dude got ghosted by fucking everyone because they yep. suck. So you just want him to show up for the uh, for the retirement ceremony? Is what you're saying? Yeah, and then uh, that's it. Hmm? <laughs> Anything they say, they're already there. I'm happy. Yeah. I. I don't want them to say anything. I don't want them to know or even have a retirement ceremony because I just want to go in, do my work, and leave. Like, at least with the job I'm doing, if it's the job I'm doing now, I just want to go in, do my work, and leave. So, like, I kind of want to be, like, a faceless person so that I don't want a retirement ceremony at work. Maybe, like, my kids or grandkids, whatever, can hold me one, but, like, not a work one. I just, I don't, I don't covet my job that much to where, like, I want them to say... Oh, he did an amazing job with running scripts and clicking one button to let things go. What if you were fucking great at it? I mean, I am great at it. I'm See, the there you go. It would be nice I'm, to have somebody say something about it. I'm the it. only one who does it, but I keep training people to do it and then get less and less work for me to do. So, 
you move into a role in education. That's the thing. If you eventually moved into a different role, like if you were like a permanent educator role mm-hmm. or somebody, a permanent trainer, would you be like, yo, dude, dude taught the shit out of like five or six oh. onboarding classes? Oh, yeah. Like if, if I found like that forever job that like or that career that I want and I'm super proud of it, I would I would want them to say that like he was not necessarily the best, but like he was. He, he he got done what needed to get done, and he was the one you go to to get things done. Because that's, that's what I do strive to be. As much as I want to go and get my work done and leave, I want to get my work done. Even if somebody else says that they need their work done, I will get their work done, too. I just want to get things done. Sean, what do you want people to say about you at your retirement ceremony? At my retirement ceremony, I hope that they say that I was a that like I was pleasant to work with and that um I tried so that nobody knows when I was like slacking off <laughs> just like like at least or that I was you know that I helped them in some way that I wasn't a burden upon them hmm. that's what I that's what I want not to be a burden yeah. that's a big one yeah just like I I I want to do, I mean, that seems like bare minimum to not be a burden, but like sometimes you worry about that. But like, it's nice, yeah. It's nice to know that you're not the one. Like, oh, I, I'm the one who needs all the help. Like, you never want to feel like that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I buy that. I think I would like that. Huh. I think. Boy, you guys have said some really good ones. I sort of have a, like a combination of of a few of them. I guess I would want like I just want them to know. And I want them to to say like, "Hey, dude, always had the the best intention, but. the best butt, <laughs> dude. <laughs> dude just had dad ass, <laughs> and he came into work and he raised team morale on a day in day out basis with just that gigantic <laughs> ass. They hate um, watching you leave, but they love watching you. Go. Yeah, yeah, they do. Every day, they're like, uh, everybody's like, can Kazno leave earlier? Like, I know he has to work till like 4.30, but like, could he just leave at like 3.30? Just for, you know, just for everybody's benefit? Just, just get us <laughs> across the finish line. Yeah. Um, ass aside, I think, um, I, I think it would be, I, 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 my goal is to make everybody's life a little bit easier and to make our jobs a little bit easier, like the work smarter, not harder thing. I would like people to remember me as the guy who tried to make people work smarter, not harder. Mm-hmm. Like try, try to, to reduce steps in whatever process we're working on. Um, and to, you know, made life a little bit better for people on a day in day out basis, whether it's by, you know, helping them with their work, whether it's by getting my stuff done in a timely fashion or just shaking that ass in front of them. I mean, <laughs> yeah, just, just, yeah, just bringing up uh, everybody's morale and and then some. Yeah, I agree. I recently overachieved the other day at work. And oh yeah, I'm I, I I'm a little proud of myself. I pat myself on the back. But one of the things I have to do is count out dates or count out months between dates, um, to to figure out how much they would get in a, a, a deferral or, or partial claim. Um, and I made a full partial claim calculator on Excel. So I went in and I figured out how to do the 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 the, the formulas to pull these the amount of the dates and then add I I, I overachieved nice. and then I sent it to everyone and they're like well we like using this one mm. and I'm like oh so you already had it mm-hmm. great it's the old they just thing. didn't share with the class yeah yeah, yeah. didn't exactly. share it didn't let you know about it. That's, yeah, uh, I mean hell hey, look you still got the experience doing it and yeah. building it 
That's good. Yeah. Sean, what's next? If you lived 500 years ago, what do you think your profession would be? 1500s? Uh, so, 500 years ago. It would be the 1600s. Wait, no, it wouldn't. It would be the 1500s. You're right. It'd be, it'd be 1521. Oh, my God. Probably be ditch digger. It's like everybody <laughs> there be, was just out there digging ditches. I would be a doctor. Oh, yeah? Because you just had to have seen a body. Yeah. Like, like, oh, yes. <laughs> the humors are off on this man. Yeah. Here's some cocaine. Wow. <laughs> See you oh, later, that, alligator. That Dr. O'Brien sure knows his way around. Around cocaine. Cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> Just make shit up as you go. Hey, they, oh, you could be a philosopher. Oh, your blood is too too thick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here's some leeches. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's cut you every so often and just let you bleed. Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, Tim, what would you be 500 years ago? Uh, I don't know. I'm looking up some stuff that, <laughs> that took place Popul- in Popular professions. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Farmer. <laughs> that country strength that coming country in. Strength. Yeah. <laughs> Soldier of some sort. Maybe a prophet. Just go around like proselytizing for some religion <laughs> that like, like start proselytizing for anything because that's the thing is like once you get to around fifteen hundred, you can start just spouting off nonsense like you know your blood's too thick or, <laughs> or something like that, or like you know hey the corn told me that Jesus is coming in three hundred years, and because it's the fifteen hundreds, you could theoretically have somebody be like. You know, 200 years later, like, you know, Kaznell knew what he was talking about with that corn. I mean, Jesus Christ, he nailed it with all these parts. And then you got a religion named after you. Just by spouting off nonsense in the 1500s. Like, you just need a couple people to believe you in that period of time. You can't do it now. You can't do it now. The information's too easily, you know, verified or, or struck down and disseminated. 1500s, I think you could still pull that off. So I'd be a prophet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I guess my profession would be unemployed. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, I would probably be like a tavern or barkeep, um, and maybe just town drunk as well. <laughs> At the end of the night, just drink whatever whatever's left. I think for your profession's sake, you're allowed to be. But you can't be that both. <laughs> I've watched I enough episodes of Bar drunk. Rescue to know that that doesn't work out. Yeah, but this is 1500s Bar Rescue. All I have to do is <laughs> yeah. have something that's been fermenting for a few days. <laughs> this place doth disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ceasing operations but, of this establishment. Yeah. <laughs> I would I would probably yeah, be like a barkeep and yeah. maybe probably like perform at my bar or something, be like a bard or something. I don't know. I feel like I'd probably still try You'd to be a freaking renaissance man. Yeah. A bard, bar owner, and town drunk. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh, where do you out? when do you sleep? You can't be a bard without being a drunk, so I'm aware. <laughs> uh, being a bard myself. Uh, any other professions you guys would be in the 1500s? No, I wouldn't be a blacksmith. I know that for a fact. No. I can't do heat. Mm. Can't take the heat. Stay out of the blacksmith's office. <laughs> uh, <laughs> blacksmith's office? Yeah. You know how they have offices in the back? <laughs> Clearly. What's next, Sean? Subject. I'll never draw a cow that good again. <laughs> Colon, asterisk, open parenthesis. <laughs> I want to take all of these. So I'm just going to take a wild stab at this one and say this is Charlie. This I, is Charlie. I want to take all these subject lines and like like turn them into a This American. Like, you know, This American Life has those like chapters and you, when you listen to them. Like, today's episode, chapter four, 
I'll never draw a cow that good again. <laughs> Mike Birbiglia he... joins us for a story about how he tipped a cow while he was walking in his sleep. Here's the story. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, Sean. Uh, the, and the question is, if you were in a competition and had one minute to draw an animal, what animal are you most comfortable drawing? And that was obviously from Charlie Brown. Uh, jellyfish. A snake. What did what, you say, Tim? I said Gengar. Gengar? <laughs> <laughs> it's Gengar! da 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 Jellyfish is such a good answer. It is. It's a blob with jellyfish lines in that. Is a jellyfish. <laughs> Done. I do a snake. A snake. A snake. Oh my a god, that's such a good answer snake. too. Because I was going to say a cat, and I can't draw a cat very well. No, 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 no. Too many limbs. <laughs> yeah, we got to go with zero. Yeah, we're going to go zero. We're more than approximately more than four, but yeah. they're squigglies. So yeah, yeah, it's okay. It, yeah, jellyfish. You can have like they're they're just you know they're a more. Like, barely legs. I'm sorry, what was that? Yeah, what was it again? It's the blue. <laughs> so you know this. Maybe that's what I need to be in a 1520s uh, marine biologist. There you go. <laughs> Done. <laughs> See, the blue here, it's all wrong. So, so a 1520s marine biologist, what would you call a jellyfish? Uh, a jellyfish, Rich. Jesus, read a book. <laughs> they have blue underneath, but they're jellyfish. <laughs> I was watching a YouTube video. It's from a group, a channel called Drawfee. And they found a medieval animal book, a medieval animal biology book. Mm -hmm. And so they would read off how they would explain what an animal looked like mm -hmm. back in medieval times, but not give them the name of the animal. And they had to draw based on that. Okay. None of them got it right. Obviously. Sure. No. no. <laughs> um, we're talking about, okay, the easiest animal to draw. So snake, mm -hmm. jellyfish. Tim said Gengar. Gengar. Third evolution of a ghost if, Pokemon. If you're going to go with something like a Pokemon, why not like Voltorb. Gastly or yeah, Voltorb? Because like, I can't, a I can't draw a perfect circle. Oh. Mm. I'm more comfortable with my drawing of Gengar than I am anything else. No. Even Ghastly, which is like a non-perfect circle? I can't draw a perfect circle. But it's he not is a perfect circle. Ghastly. Ghastly. He is a perfect circle with a miasma yeah. around him. Yeah, he, he is a perfect circle. Yeah, but that's the thing. Is like the moment that you fuck up the circle, you can just like start working the miasma in behind yeah, it. And it's like, it's, see, this is the thing. My, my drawing of Ghastly just looks like a very, very angry sperm with a very thick tail. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that all he is? I haven't played Pokemon much, in a yeah. long while. I mean, yeah, he's it's just an angry yeah. purple sperm. The sperm Pokemon. He's an angry ghost sperm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, so Tim would draw Gengar, and uh, Sean. Uh, I would draw a cat, but it'd be so bad. It'd be a bad cat, <laughs> and I'd be, I, I'm, I regret it immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Here's if my cat. Oh. <laughs> You're gonna yeah. know it's a cat, but only just. It's because you write meow on top of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Arrow cat goes here. It'd be an indictment on the rest of the animals you can draw if, like, the cat's, like, still the easiest one. It's still <laughs> just, like, objectively difficult to do. Like, <laughs> like, my cat is just as good as my my jellyfish, as my snake, rolled up, my snake, as my rolled-up armadillo, as my... Yeah. I don't know. I'm trying to think Rolly of what, what are other easy animals to draw. They're all hard. <laughs> They're not said. all hard. We're just terrible. <laughs> None of us are good. I just at can't that. draw for shit. I mean, you could do like an ant or a bee because it's just rounded segments. Um, an ant, if you, yeah. If you drew an ant to scale, you could just get away with <laughs> dot. dot. There you go. Uh, the actual anatomy of an ant would be a, a, just a preposterous challenge for me to try to do. I don't know. I think those are those are good answers, though. <laughs> Gengar. Uh, <laughs> what is the next question? If you were a superhero, 
Who would be your arch nemesis? Tony Romo. No, it wouldn't be Tony Romo. I actually like Tony Romo. He's such a good announcer. I know. It's a, it's so frustrating because I actually like him, and I've actually grown to like Troy Aikman, too, as a broadcaster. I'm like, oh, man, this sucks. <laughs> I used to hate both of you. It was easy, too. Um, Who would be your arch ne- nemesis? I just found out that uh, Dave Forget and I are, are nemeses. What? Yeah, and why is that? I don't know. <laughs> I honestly don't know. He said so, and I agree, and I have to agree with him. Probably because of Smash, like you two can go head to head with each other, and it's usually a fifty-fifty. Maybe he's so much better than me at Smash. Yeah, I've only read like a handful of of uh, manga, but my understanding is that your arch that your arch nemesis just shows up at a certain point and declares you their rival so yeah, i feel much. like i don't have much of an option here it could just be dave forget showed up and said, i'm your rival it's 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 generally somebody you've grown up with who like you've been on the same level with but also mm-hmm. but also like that's, you've that's teetered. a rival not the yeah, arch nemesis that is a rival not arch ne- okay all right yeah, so you're you, you're a superhero here okay and so i guess so you need like a big not, bad it's not forget because okay. he's 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 my rival not arch nemesis yeah Mine's gonna be somebody with real nice hair, <laughs> but but it's they would good. have to be like uh, lanky and tall as well. So, so Matt, it's Matt, <laughs> I was gonna say Fabio, but sure, me. <laughs> Matt, Matt is both my rival slash arch nemesis. Yeah, I know. I just don't know it. <laughs> I just like whip my hair at you all the time. You're like, oh my weakness. <laughs> Oh no! Your long flowing locks, locks suffocating my country strength. <laughs> Start breaking out in boils on top of your head. No, <laughs> uh, Rich. Who would your arch nemesis be if you were a superhero? Uh, they run around with bread and attack me with like bread baguettes as swords. <laughs> it's just Frenchie the baguette, po- yeah, <laughs> the baguette yeah, cook, yeah. Ba- baker. Yeah, mm. the, the, the patisserie. Uh, like it's similar to oh. the Joker, their whole uh, their whole shtick is to get me to eat bread that's mm. not gluten free instead of get me to kill him. Like sounds like more Joker. like it'd be like a like a guy who's trying to get like a comedy setup where they're just trying to trick you in different ways to accidentally <laughs> eating bread. <laughs> that's what it would be, and every time I'd I'd go like that's not gluten free, and yeah. then I'd pull turn turn into my oh. superhero form where are you frenchie <laughs> curse you you failed I, me again gluten man i i don't know if i like the name frenchie for my villain name but we'll, we'll, we'll workshop that no frenchie no, frenchie no. <laughs> i don't know if i'll go with frenchie Fr- frenchie the patisserie <laughs> yeah. the, 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 is it no patisserie is the place that what is the patissier that's patissier. it yeah patisserie is his hot the patisserie is his hideout uh all right so this is such a dumb fucking question i love it it's so good uh it's only dumb because you you're yours is dave forget right now come up with a better answer and then maybe we can make something work with it uh who would my arch rival be i guess it's tim theoretically uh, your opposite yeah he's so short i mean a I guess the, yeah, the, the weakness would be like he'd hunch over and I'd just trip over him and I'd be like, "No, Tim." <laughs> I mean, <sighs> it's just that you you never see me coming because you just see straight over my head. Yeah, <laughs> I think you're right. Yeah, punch you in the stomach. You're like, "Where the hell did you even Boom! come from?" Yeah, that that strong right hook into the, into the chest. Oh God, who would my superhero arch nemesis be? I'm trying to think of things that like would, would go against everything I believe in. Um, yeah. 
It'd be someone like Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah sure. He's like Lex Luthor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's he does have a Luther vibe where he's just he's like, hyper rich. He's real rich. That's the thing. Like, Luther was a genius too, wasn't he? Oh yeah, that's that the his thing. Yeah. yeah, and Trump's not. <laughs> but I mean, oh, Sean's is Jeff Bezos. Uh, Even fucking looks like Les Luther. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just just gobs upon gobs of money, and like, unfortunately, knows all of your weaknesses because he also knows everything about you. Yes, he does. <laughs> yeah. All right, so are Jeff Bezos all of our arch nemeses? Are we yeah. going with that? We'll just go with Jeff Bezos. <laughs> yeah. screw, For a variety of reasons. Screw Frenchie the Patissier. It's going to be Jeff Bezos. It's Jeff now. Bezos. Yeah, the fr- all the guys that we've named are just Bezos' underlings. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's like the League yeah. of Villains. And it's yeah. Like, he's like Luther at the top, and it's like Frenchie's He's Lord Zed, here. and then he just keeps sending down like Goldar and <laughs> all those other, whoever else he... I remember any of the Power Rangers villains. I only uh, remember Goldar. Goldar. I mean, that's really the only besides like the other. Frenchie is his Goldar. Like Goldar is the only one that like really matters because he's the only one that ever fought besides just the one shot. Yeah, those villains. big like goobers who were in the lair with him all the time, but never actually went down and fought yeah. anybody. It was just Goldar. Yeah. Goldar was sweet. Goldar mm-hmm. was the best. Finally, we get, we got it to Goldar discussion here <laughs> on, on the Brose podcast. Uh, what's next, Sean? What's your worst habit? Ew. Bring up Goldar in like every conversation. <laughs> <laughs> That's my default. Like I panic. I'm like, oh, this party's not going well. Goldar, uh, what's your worst habit, Tim? Uh, so I have dry skin that gets worse or better randomly on uh, on my head, mm-hmm. and it gets real bad around my ears sometimes. Uh, and I won't notice that I'm picking at it, and like in public, picking at it. It's just pulling it off of my head so it's a little gross and a bad habit but Mm -hmm. yeah that's uh, when i notice i'm doing it i'm just like fuck Mm. i stop Mm -hmm. that sucks Mm -hmm. tough habit to break (sighs) habits i have mine is being that well actually guy oh yeah (laughs) Yeah, I have a real bad problem with it. It's 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 um actually. Yeah. yeah. Is it a problem with correcting people? Way to go, or just yeah, presenting. Just, just being like, just being like, you, like, when people aren't respecting the nuance of a conversation, being like, well, actually, this is actually mm. how it is. But I've gotten better about it because it doesn't matter, you know, <laughs> like. Like I mean, nuance. There's is some there's some groups where you can tell it matters, but and like, there's certain groups that don't. Yeah, care. but I'm not. Mm-hmm. But I'm not like I don't need to tell Jake the nuances of the Supreme Court for him to be <laughs> upset about the possibility of Roe versus Wade getting overturned. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like well, actually, John Roberts has slid over to the yeah. left more often. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Jake's like flatlining. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I get that. I get like cause there's certain groups that respect that and want and like want. Like yeah. we'll we'll respect that part of the conversation. Other groups who just want to be upset yeah, just, or want to yeah, feel a certain and that's, way, and and sometimes that's valid. Yeah. Just wanting to be upset is valid. Yeah, they've had that like like much less pressing topics, but like it's usually like you know like a coworker who's just like oh whatever happened and did Freddie Mitchell like ever turn into anything? I'm like well actually Freddie Mitchell had a successful career. Like, maybe not Freddie Mitchell, but like it's not going to matter to the guy yeah. that sits next to me at work. Wh- what actually became of like evan turner's career or whatever it doesn't matter he just wants to be mad about evan turner for a minute mm-hmm. rich what's your worst habit or what's a bad habit that you have um having hmm. i guess it's uh um 
enjoying arguments too much to the point where I want to continue them, even though they're probably ran its course. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there are times that I've argued with people where I'm just like, I like when I argue with someone, I read their, like, especially if it's online, I read their post and I counter everything in their post and then they'll say, so, and, but then like, they'll disregard most of what I say and just continue with their point. But I'm just, and I'll know, like, I should probably just stop with this argument. It, they're not paying attention. They don't care, but I still continue to do it. And I'm just like for some reason i'm just having so much fun arguing with my aunt and then getting in trouble with my mom <laughs> like it's just so much fun mm. you know what's great you can just block those people mm. oh, it's yep. it, it's snooze for 30 days <laughs> i've and i've done that with her i've done that with my aunt is snoozed for a couple of days or for like a month or whatever mm. but like i recently did get into an argument with my aunt and at one point I said to her, I was like, I can obviously see that you're not paying attention to anything I say. So I hope I enlightened you in some way, shape, or form. And she kept going, why are you bullying me? And blah, blah. I'm like, I stopped talking. Yeah, right, then, why are you such a dick? And then and then my mom texted me. She's like, why do you bother? I'm like, because she's wrong. Hmm. And she should, well, she's having an episode. I'm like, oh, so she's allowed to be, she's allowed to say bad things because she's having an episode? Hmm. I don't agree with that. So then, so this is your bad habit that this, uh, that yeah. you that you get into arguments with people online, and you just don't just don't I, drop it. I don't just drop it. I'm like I continue, even when I know it's a senseless argument. They're not going to learn. I just keep going. It's tough. Yeah, I think mine is um, when I'm watching a movie or a TV show, and I see an actor or hear a voice that I recognize. My first instinct is to like whip out my phone go to their Wikipedia page and just find their whole filmography hmm. instead of just watching the fucking show <laughs> and like enjoying it. Uh, we watched my wife and I, uh, I did I was not paying attention for the whole series cause I didn't particularly like it. But, uh, but my wife was watching nine perfect strangers and you know, Bobby Cannavale's on it. And I like Bobby Cannavale. And, and uh, when I saw him there, I was like, Oh, I'm going to, Look up his Wikipedia page. You see all the other stuff that Bobby Cannavale's in. And I'm like, I can just watch the show. Just watch the thing that's in front of me and look up Bobby Cannavale later if I still <laughs> want to know everything that he's been in since Mr. Robot and Will and Grace, which I didn't realize he was in for a while. Uh, but like, just wait till later. But instead, it's like, no, I must do it now. That's a bad habit of mine. Just enjoy the the movie or voice or film experience. Or like if I think I recognize a voice, like if I'm watching well, like Marvel's What If, and mm-hmm. I recognize a voice. I'm like, oh, I, I wonder who... I know that voice. I wonder if that's this person. And then I immediately go into all the other things that they voice. I'm like, just watch the show. Yeah. Just yeah. watch the thing in front of me. The you one can just, screen You experience. can just wait until the end. Yeah. yeah. I, I, wait wait 30 minutes, and then you can know <laughs> this information and also not miss like important plot points. I, this I, is Martha with every anime we watch. Oh, yeah. Every single one. Because well, they just juggle all the same people for those. Like, it's just, That's it's also just a, partially mm-hmm. true. It's like a dozen people that they just have on rotation. It, I do that only with the voice actors I don't know. Because with as much animation that I watch, I, I, I can catch the voice of a lot of voice actors. But I'll also, if I hear a voice of a voice actor I know, mm-hmm. I guess this could be a bad habit. I can't hear anything beyond what their voice is most famous for from that point on. For instance, I watched Demon Slayer, and one mm. of the characters is voiced by bringing it back to Goldar and Power Rangers, mm. Johnny Young Bosch, who was the Black Ranger for a while. Um, All I hear when he does any voice is Vash the Stampede from Trigun. Yep. What a yep. good. What a good. Mm. 
But like that's he has one voice. It's yelling as Vash. That's it. <laughs> that's all. And so like it, it's a great show. He's a great actor, but he doesn't have any voices. So now anytime I hear Johnny and Bosch, I'm like, oh, it's Vash. Oh, it's Vash. And I'm just like, it kind of brings me out of the anime a little bit too. There are a bunch of voices. I, I played um, Fire Emblem Three Houses earlier this year, and there are a bunch of voices from there that are just in other like Persona games. Mm-hmm. Like, there are two voices from Persona Three, and I heard them like, "Oh, it's um, <laughs> what the Mitsuru." <laughs> uh, it's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, same thing." Like it's it's just it's wild. They just shuffle around the same like A list tier of of voice actors mm-hmm. for all those. Yeah, yeah. and it's 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 funny because usually there's somewhat of a typecast. But yes. every so often you get somebody who's like the anti of their typecast, mm-hmm. like the uh, like Chris Chris Sabat. Oh yeah, he's, he he's got that real deep voice and it's just manly, and he always plays the like character of just like strength. And then uh, Martha watched Fruits Basket, which is very much not one of those shows, mm-hmm. and he plays this super wonderful and effeminate character mm-hmm. who designs uh, essentially. We're gonna say cosplay dresses. Uh-huh. Uh huh. <laughs> and it's just yeah. massively flamboyant in every way. But but he still has that like gruff voice to it. Yeah. It's always blew me away the day that I found hilarious. out that Mark Hamill was the Joker in the Batman animated series. I'm like, that's Luke. Uh, dude, <laughs> that's Mark Luke. Voice acting. He's great. He's yeah. he's incredible. He's great at it. Um. Mm-hmm. But anyway. See, that's my bad habit is I do all this shit while the show's on. Like, yeah. As you would, yeah. you would know, uh, I don't know if you know who Chris Sabat has voiced besides the characters like All Might from My Hero Academia, if you know that. Half of Dragon Ball Z. But it's, yeah, Maybe. half of Dragon He did Piccolo and Vegeta. Okay. And Yamcha. And Yamcha, but who cares about Yamcha? I love Yamcha. <laughs> Poor Yamcha. I love his description of how he came up with that voice. He's just like, so I like thought of like a surfer dude, but like dumber. <laughs> dumber <laughs> yeah, yeah. his bracelet goes into it whoa uh Bulba, what are you doing no uh <laughs> sean what do we got next this is the last question all right cool for this session what is the strangest coincidence that has ever happened to you a strangest coincidence here's a weird thing that happened yesterday we were uh we had some people over for pizza night and uh, we were guessing each other's middle names, as you do when like things. Of course, when you when you know you run out of topics, you're like, let's <laughs> just guess each other's middle names. Jake was like, uh, he has this friend named Cassius, and he said, okay, so Cassius, his mom picked his first name and his dad picked his middle name, and I don't know why, but I was like, it's Anthony, and it was right. How did? Oh, okay, <laughs> like a champion. So All I guessed right. I, in one guess. I guess this kid named Cash is his middle name that was a regular middle name. Yeah, and just absolutely blew my mind. I blew my own mind. I was like, "How did I? How? Can, why would I think? I'm a genius. Why would I think? And I was so certain. I was like, "This yes. is definitely the answer. <laughs> There's no other option. <laughs> yeah. Why? Why? Why that name?" But it's, it was a weird coincidence yeah. where it was just like, I don't know why I knew it, mm-hmm. but I knew it for sure. So. Were people impressed? Or were they like a yeah. little like... They, well, Jake was like... <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. How did you know? Because I could see that going one of two ways. Like, oh my God, that's impressive. Or like, what the... How did you... 
Like, there's only one way that you could have known this, and it's through nefarious methods. <laughs> yeah. It's not that you, you just guessed this. You already knew. Yeah. <laughs> That's wild, though. Mm-hmm. That's fun. Yeah. Uh, Rich, what's the biggest coincidence that's ever happened? I went to school with someone related to Sean's stepdad. Oh, that's true. That's yeah. so weird. Yeah, I went to high school, graduated high school, mm. and a couple years of college, mm. and I'm friends with someone who was related to Sean's stepdad. Mm. Uh, which is just like, and I didn't find this out until like two months ago. Mm-hmm. Like she, I reached out to her. We were talking about, uh, how, uh, like old her daughter's getting now. Cause she's in her teens. And I, I, she was just like, Oh, by the way, uh, I, the, the your friend, Sean is I'm, I'm, I'm related to his stepdad. I'm just like, mm. No, oh, because, and then I remembered her maiden name. I'm like, right, that makes sense, but whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. That's super bizarre. Yeah. That is weird. I've had, I've had a couple of those, like, friend, like, or, like, I know, I know you already through some other person thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I've had, like, two, like, totally different, like, friend groups unite somehow, and, like, they're like, oh, you both know Matt? Like, <laughs> yeah. I've had stuff, I've had that before. Um, I don't know about the biggest coincidence though uh you knew tj too right tj copeland the like the only black friend <laughs> no I no say, i, I didn't know, know oh, i didn't know him but my jensen buddy knows. paul jensen knows him and graduated oh, with him yeah. or something like that yeah but he also knew my buddy paul uh through different reasons yeah. which is even more ridiculous yeah but weird yeah, yeah. it's just some of those Small weird world. weird like who who knew these things? Like who knew? Tim, biggest coincidence. The only one that I can think of is me and Martha going to the same very small concert. Uh, like how long? Had that ago too. Yeah. Was that like almost ten years before we met? Mm. Okay, that's an exaggeration. It was four years before we met. <laughs> but uh, and, and just like being within feet of each other the entire time and then just never having met and also her being friends with pretty much all of the same friends i had and somehow we just never met mm-hmm. what, uh, what concert was it it was like a not really a battle of the bands but it was like a local concert or a local recording for comcast was doing some sort of weird thing at the upstairs, the smaller stage at the Trocadero in Philly. Uh, and I went because my one of my former managers, his band was playing and they put on a great show. So I went to see that. And then I also found out before I got there that one of the other bands, I was friends with the guitarist from high school. And then Martha was there for that same band, except she was friends with the lead vocalist, Tim Zim. And the band was Tim called Zaz, or Zaz, Z-A-S-Z. Mm. But, uh, and the first time I went over her house, they had a Zaz sticker on, like, their mini fridge. I was like, uh, excuse you. <laughs> How do you know Zaz? Yeah. yeah. And she's like, oh, yeah, we went and saw them uh, at the Trocadero. And she's like, how do you know that? And, like, we went through our Facebooks and we found a picture and you can see us, like, a couple people apart. <laughs> and it's very funny. That is yeah. funny. <laughs> so the the coincidence that we knew a lot of the same people and hung out in some of the same circles and for such a long time mm-hmm. never met each other. Mm-hmm. We uh Tim, one of your old classmates, uh friend of yours, uh John Frankman. Uh we uh, ran into yeah. him at the very first concert my brother and I ever went to uh at the electric factory 
uh, was Mastodon and Against Me, like sort of doing a co-headlining thing. And my brother and I were just going because my brother loved Mastodon. And we were like, and we ne- we actually had never listened to Against Me at that point. This was like 2007, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, and we were just waiting in line. And freaking John Frankman is there by himself. Like, I think he just went on his own, I think. Uh, I, forget, I don't think we planned this out. I think he just, you know. Sounds like John. Yeah, he just went. And uh, and then so it was just me and my brother and big John. John Franklin was like Bill because I think he wrestled, right? Yeah, he's like a big dude. He, um, he's a jacked guy. Yeah, he was he's real, real big dude, uh, big metalhead uh, at the time. And uh, yeah, so that was just a weird thing. Like it's just completely separate walk of life. And so we enjoyed our first concert experience, just bouncing around the mosh pit with John Franklin <laughs> Mastodon. Uh, so yeah, I've, I've had that before. I, I would say those are probably the majority of my coincidences mm-hmm. is me, you know, n- finding out I already know somebody. I had a friend, um, we had uh, a couple of friends who we used to be camp counselors with Tim and, uh, one of them, uh, a girl named Meg said, Oh, I'm gonna bring my boyfriend. Uh, and, uh, he's this guy named Jeff. You might know him. Jeff, uh, the boyfriend was brother with a guy I've known since first grade, Evan Hudson and, or not brother, cousin, cousin, um, and uh, when he showed up, we just both pointed to each other, like, "You, you're a Jeff," and like, <laughs> and uh, and uh, we thought this would be like, "Oh man, we're gonna like bro down all night." Uh, Megan was not uh, impressed. Uh, <laughs> I was like, "Bro down," and I was like, "Oh no, these two idiots know each other already." Uh, Damn it! But uh, but no, it was a great time. Uh, so it's usually stuff like that. I think is is the majority of my coincidences so similar to you guys. Yeah. Uh, that was it, right, Sean? That's all. All right. So I have <clears throat> three takes here. Uh, I want you guys to pick which one uh, I'm going to do. You may do the, the serious take, the funny take, or the combination serious funny take. Let's go combo. You want the combo? combo. We, we went pretty serious at the end of last episode. All right. So this is a combo serious <laughs> funny take. Combo. So uh, I'm going to flip through here, see if I can find the exact article here. And if not, I... Uh, that is way too many sheets of paper. Yeah, so I got three different articles. It's my fault for printing out three different things. Here we go. All right. So uh, this is a column uh, that was written by NFL reporter uh, Charles Robinson for, for Yahoo. Uh, the headline is, there's reason for the NFL to fear Jeff Bezos, but it's not big enough to keep him out, especially if London is in play. So apparently, uh, Jeff Bezos, uh, CEO of Amazon and all of our arch nemeses, apparently, uh, has expressed some inkling of interest in buying an NFL team. Uh, and this includes uh, a team possibly like the Denver Broncos who might be up for sale in a couple of years. And uh, you might think, oh my God, this is awful because you know Amazon already broadcasts some of the games. Jeff Bezos is now going to be in the league as an owner. Uh, you know, you, you might just have a, a moral opposition to having Jeff Bezos uh, based on the way he amassed his, his fortune, uh, all this other stuff. And, and Charles Robinson makes the argument that the reason that they should have Jeff Bezos as an owner is because he has the money to bring a team to London, which is what something the NFL has wanted to do for years. Uh, I don't particularly want a team in London, but I really want Jeff Bezos to be an owner in the NFL. (laughs) And here's why. Uh, Currently, the richest owner in the NFL is David Tepper, the the owner of the Carolina Panthers, who's worth $15 billion. Uh, Jerry Jones is the second most uh, wealthy owner in the NFL, probably the most famous owner in the NFL, and he's worth $9 billion. Jeff Bezos is worth $200 billion. (laughs) Jeff Bezos is worth more than every current NFL owner combined. (laughs) And my God, 
Wouldn't it be fucking hilarious to just watch Jeff Bezos own like, you know, the Broncos or like some some run of the mill team, but just throw that hog on the table <laughs> every time Jerry Jones tried to pull his Jerry Jones shit. And like, you know, I'm Jerry Jones. I've been in this league for 30 years. I've owned this team. I made my million, my billions in oil. You know, I run the most prosperous team. Oh, yeah. Jeff Bezos, $200 billion. I, I buy your team now. I could double your valuation of your team right now. I'm going to offer you $18 billion for your franchise and just run you out of town. <laughs> like, it would be just great. Like, it would be hilarious. It would be terrible for the league on a long-term scale because, like, Jeff Bezos has more clout, would have more clout than anybody. He's got all the money. He's got the coin. Like, that's it's the power of the purse. But it would be funny. <laughs> and that's all that matters to me at this point because I don't know how long I love football and I think the NFL is is immensely popular for a variety of reasons not the least of which is what will ultimately be its downfall which is the violence and I don't know how long the NFL has as far as a long-term thing uh even as 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 you know with all the safety precautions they add even with all of that I I don't know how long it lasts uh as a league because of that but if it's going to have a downfall, just let Jeff Bezos in there and just like emasculate the hell out of Jerry Jones, emasculate all these other owners who have just had their way, and just be like, I'm, I'm going to be here for five minutes and be bigger and better than all of you. So I say, Jeff Bezos, owner of the Denver Broncos, <laughs> just and that's the other thing is I would also be in support of Jeff Bezos uh, being an owner if he agreed to build a brand new stadium with all his own money. I don't know if he would actually do that because very few stadiums actually do that. They usually rip off taxpayers. That's why I love the Rams stadium out in uh, the Rams and Chargers stadium because it was built all with private money, quote unquote, or like with like a like a very minimal amount of public financing. Which is like, hey, look, Stan Kroenke is a bit of an asshole, but great, you didn't you know you, you didn't fleece Los Angeles by building this monstrosity of a stadium. Uh, but Jeff Bezos, just build like a spaceship. Just put a team on Mars. Put a team on the moon. Use that money for something hilarious. Like just, 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 just wreck the NFL by putting like the first floating space, uh, floating like football uh, stadium. So, I say all in on Jeff Bezos owning an NFL team. Let's do it, baby. Here's 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 a scenario: Jeff Bezos, owner, Cleveland Browns. That's our end game moment right there. That's, That's the it. big battle between us and That's Jeff it. Bezos. Uh, oh, God. Who's Haslam? Jimmy Haslam, I think, owns the Browns. Now, just to buy out Jimmy Haslam. That'd be another one because Jimmy Haslam sucks. Like, he's a bad owner and he interferes with stuff all the time. I That's the, the the other thing about Jeff Bezos is, again, owns the Washington Post. And I'm sure they, 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 they float some good stories about Amazon. But there's plenty of reporters for the Washington Post that are critical of Jeff Bezos mm-hmm. and Amazon. Mm-hmm. Jeff Bezos strikes me as the kind of guy who would own an NFL team and just be like, what if I just hired all the smartest people and just paid them more than I could pay anyone else? <laughs> like, like, uh, yeah, I'll hire, yeah, all of the the brightest GMs, all the the best coach, hire them all. Like, but he and just be like, you know what? You guys do it. I'm gonna go and you know ride, ride toy rockets into space, and you guys run my football team. I'll be back on. I'll see you on Sunday. He'll pay them just over minimum wage, you know that. Oh. And take all the rest of the money. No, no, no. This is this is not. A, it's a luxury item. It's a that's a, that's the that's the other thing is I think he would see it as a luxury item. A lot of these owners see this as an investment opportunity. Mm-hmm. I think Jeff Bezos would be like, I already. There's no other investment opportunities yeah. for me. I've made all the money. Yeah. So this is just this is this is instead of buying a sports car, I'm buying. I'm buying. I'm buying. Yeah, I'm buying sports. <laughs> I'm buying the Lions. <laughs> Tim, your thoughts. Woo, Tim's eyes have rolled into the back of his head. <laughs> <laughs> now I was I was reading the rest of the article, and essentially the like, if Jeff Bezos enters the league, it's going to pretty much fuck up the whole game. 
because he's just got way too much fucking money and no one else can compete. Yep. Or we can get like force him to revitalize the dreams of a London league and he's just going to build a fleet of supersonic jets that's, because that'll cut down the travel time. Yeah. I'm just like, there's no, a, he's fucking not. That's, there's a bit of a of wish casting by Charles Robinson in this article because his basic gist is if Roger Goodell gets in Bezos's ear now, he can convince him instead of like having the league bend to Bezos's will, have Goodell convince him to be like, hey, you know, I know everyone, every one of these 32 owners, they say London can't be done. You know, they say it's impossible to to make an economically sustainable and a team and successful team in a whole other continent to, to the United States. And thinking that then Bezos is going to be like, well, if they said that can't be done, then, it, okay, then I'm going to do it. It's just Jeff Bezos is smarter than Roger Goodell. <laughs> Roger Goodell is not that is not a smart human being. Like, there's no way that Goodell is going to be able to get none of these dudes are going to be able to get in Bezos's ear and convince him that London is a good idea because it's not a good idea. It'd be a terrible idea to have a team in London, like whole other fucking, like, like, like I know those teams are in different time zones in the United States, but just like you know, six at was a six hour time difference. It was a nine o'clock game, like if it's always had, nine a.m. Yeah, I, I no one watched it. Can't do it. It's it's way too early. Oh, I, well, first of all, I just I love the nine a.m. game. I don't know, I don't know about the ratings, but uh, but I love the nine a.m. game as a as a novelty act. Yeah, I don't need it every you know every other week as they do all their home games. So yeah. Uh, anyway. That's all I have on Bezos owning an NFL team. Uh, if you want to see any more of my Jeff Bezos should own the Denver Broncos takes, you should find me on Twitter at MKaznel. That's M-K-A-S-Z-N-E-L. What about you, Tim? At Tim R. Hansen. What about you, Rich? At B underscore Hornets. How about you, Sean? At Hey, it's S-O-B. The podcast is on Twitter at Brose underscore podcast. It's on Facebook at Brose podcast. And it's on Instagram at Brose underscore podcast. You can listen to our show anywhere refined podcasts are bought and sold. And if you have a question you would like us to answer on the air, email it to brosequestions at gmail.com. That's brosequestions at gmail.com. Special thanks, as always, to Mary O'Brien for compiling our questions, to Tess Riley for editing our show, to Shannon Vogel, who designed our world-famous logo. Shannon's work can be found at Shannon Vogel Photography and Art on Facebook and on Etsy.com. And our theme music is When by Steven Siebert. You can listen to Steven's work at the Free Music Archive. Uh, it is time for some plugs, everybody. Rich, uh, we'll start with you. Uh, Twitch.tv slash B underscore Walnuts for uh, video game streaming uh, Monday through Thursday, generally 7 to 10 o'clock. Uh, as well as check out www.one-quest.com because I just don't feel like doing other socials for PodQuest and uh, the upcoming um, bonus action tabletop podcast. You can find our RSS feeds and socials at the website. Sean, talk to us about Froth. Yo, I throw those frisbees at Ob Discoff everywhere except on uh, Instagram, where it's Ob underscore Discoff. I co-host the Taste Fakers podcast with Alex Casnell. If you've ever wondered, uh, hey, what does Def Leppard and Andrew WK? What do they have in common? Like how? How? You know, what about uh, Run the Jewels and System of a Down? Well, listen, this is the podcast for you, uh, Alex and I take two albums from pop music history and find a way to connect them in some way, whether it's through influence, whether it's through personnel, whether it's through period of time or subject matter, whatever it is, we take the two albums and compare and contrast them, look into their history, and we also discuss the songs themselves. It's a great piece of, of, of uh, media if you guys are interested in listening to two, two big old music dorks uh, critiquing music. Uh, it's the Taste Fakers podcast. 
uh, opening up in October. And Tim, how about the Anchor Persons podcast with Greg and Gene? Greg and Gene, if you want a news story that's actually going to make you laugh, probably, most likely, maybe not, but probably, uh, then Greg and Gene are going to have the greatest stories you never knew you needed. You want Spanish art restoration gone awry? You want weird fucking sports you've never heard of but are absolutely hilarious? Or do you just want to hear them gush over uh, Jeff Goldblum? Because, I mean, hell, it's Jeff Goldblum. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> then uh, turn in, tune in to the anchor persons on whatever podcatcher you prefer. Uh, and uh, they're going to keep you entertained. If you like our sense of humor, you're going to love these guys. Puns aplenty and uh, some, some solid takes. I disagree with their take on Uncrustables, but like otherwise, it was pretty spot on. What was their take on Uncrustables? Uh, that they're a food crime. Actually, I kind of buy that. Yeah, I will <laughs> fucking stab you. <laughs> that would actually be a food crime, like in a court of law. I mean, that would stab be someone a over Uncrustables. Crime? Stab somebody with an Uncrustable. Yeah. <laughs> and what the judge has described as, quote, like the least justified murder in history. <laughs> For like the lowest stakes possible. Listen, we're talking about Uncrustables, not steaks. Leave steaks out of this. <laughs> Steak. Uh, everybody say goodbye to the listeners. Bye. Bye. For Tim Hansen, Rich Sweeten, Sean O'Brien, and the entire Action Moose team. Moose. My name is Matt Casnell, reminding you all to be smart about being stupid. Is that Uncrustables are fucking disgusting. You're fucking disgusting. <laughs> Thank you.